Hey everybody, welcome back to the Gen Z Diaries podcast. I'm really excited to share this episode with you. It's with a up-and-coming Washington Nationals prospect. His name is Jackson Rutledge. He's from St. Louis, Missouri. Um, fun fact about Jackson is in 2019, he was drafted 17th overall in the MLB draft, and he was drafted by the Nationals. So um, I'm excited for you to hear this conversation, and I hope you enjoy it. Without further ado, I'll, get, I'll just let you take it from here, Jackson. Yeah, uh, thanks for having me. Um, I was, like you said, I'm pretty much uh, spent my whole childhood in St. Louis uh, um, from the time I was in uh, elementary school and all that. But um, grew up in Fenton is where I went to high school, Rockwood Summit. And, uh, you know, obviously I'm, I'm playing baseball now, play professional baseball for the Nationals. Um, I uh, just got put on a 40-man roster this uh, past offseason, which is pretty exciting for me and getting ready for spring training now. Um, but, uh, I went to school for a year at Arkansas and then uh, a year at San Jack junior college, uh, down in Houston and, um, got drafted in 2019. Nice. Okay. All right. So let's not, let's not just brush over the first part about being put on the 40 man roster right off the bat. Can you like, can you explain to people who don't know, uh, what that would, like what that really entitles, what that means really for you? So basically there's, um, the, the real big league roster, the, the, the 25 man roster, and then there's a 40 man roster. Um, and so after you play a certain number of years in the minor leagues, um, for me as a college guy getting drafted 19, uh, this year was what they call my rule five year. And so on the rule five, if you haven't been protected by that, uh, 40 man roster, uh, for that certain number of years, um, then you are eligible to be drafted by another team, um, and taken and put on their big league roster. Um, and so basically the, uh, the nationals putting me on the 40 man protects me from that. Um, and it kind of just, you know, shows confidence, um, that they have in me, which For is sure. uh, really. the. Yeah, that's sweet. No, that's sweet, man. That's got to feel good to just for you to, you know, finally get to that point, but you're mm -hmm. still, I mean, you're still really young, you know, so you got, got plenty of time ahead of you still. Um, so you went to Rockwood summit, how did your high school career go? What did you, where, well, I guess let's, let's even start with prospects, you know, like the year I was catching for you a little bit. Um, yeah. I mean, I could tell right away, like you threw the ball hard. You, you threw the ball much harder than anybody else on the team. You were a big dude already. I don't know what, what, how tall do you think you were as a sophomore? Probably six, four, six, five. Probably something like that. Yeah. About yeah. six, four. More string beanie now though. Now you got those broad shoulders. Been in the weight room Looking a little jacked, bit. Looking jacked, bro. Looking jacked. Looking nice. jacked. Um, but so you, you're going to Rockwood Summit, and uh, you start to do really good in high school ball. Where did your recruiting start? Um, it started a little bit that, that sophomore year of high school. Um, I actually – I think it was that sophomore or maybe going into the junior year, I had uh, uh, taken a few visits um, and, and started to do some offers and then – Eventually, I actually had a place where I committed and then changed my mind, which... Um, <laughs> Remember that. Stuff, uh, unfortunate part of college baseball. But ended up um, decommitting there and then uh, getting committed to Arkansas. Um, so uh, that was so, junior was, year, I believe. Here. Oh, junior year of high school. Okay. What uh, what When you were looking at colleges... Um, like what were some of the things that you like thought were sick or like was like a 
like, a, oh, that, that'd be nice to have. Like, that's definitely high on my radar. Or was it, did you put more of a focus on money, like scholarship type stuff? Or did you want, you know, to go to a specific conference? Like what were, what were some of your, like, just goals, ideas at that time for what you wanted for your future? Definitely scholarship played a big role into that. Um, you know, not having student debt, uh, yeah. a wonderful thing. So, um, get it, being able to, to get it some school paid for was definitely a huge part of what I was looking at. And beyond that point, um, kind of where I could a have personal success and B have team success. Um, and obviously Arkansas is pretty much the biggest stage in, in college baseball being, you know, powerhouse SEC, they ended up getting second, um, in the college world series that year. Uh, so kind of met both of those goals, um, as far as getting stuff paid for and, and the team success, um, ended up having some injuries while I was there. The main thing being a, a hip surgery that I had, uh, after I was kind of done for that season. Um, so, you know, decided to transfer to San Jack and, and from there it was, uh, you know, getting healthy and, and then the personal success kind of, yeah. uh, started to started to take off. Yeah. We'll, we'll get into that for sure. Um, yeah. so, Sorry, I'm just I'm taking this slow. Um, when you were, I'm going to jump back even to high school again. So when you're when you're looking, just because I think this is important um, for younger kids and stuff to hear what somebody goes through through the recruiting process, because all of that stuff is so stressful at times, or it can be. Um, how did coaches approach you, or how did you get your name out there? Did you feel like playing something like the summer pro- with the prospects? And traveling around was like the best way to do it, or did you think going to camps was the best thing, or emails? What what worked for you? I guess what was your situation? Yeah, um, I think you know one of the things that I really don't like about uh, the travel ball sort of high school getting recruited thing is that the perfect game stuff and the PBR yeah. stuff. Um, it sucks because. I think guys are missing out on training opportunities and guys are, you know, putting themselves in health risk in order to pitch in front of, you know, a uh, hundred scouts in, in the the late fall Jupiter when they really should be not throwing at that point. Um, but, but definitely those sort of perfect game things uh, uh, kind of got my name out there. Um, and then from that point, um, you know, just playing the travel ball, playing even high school ball, um, against good competition is, is I think kind of what, what uh, a lot of college coaches want to see is just um, to see you compete um, throughout games. Um, Not necessarily just in the showcase situation, but actually taking those skills that you show and then putting them in a game um, I think is a a big part of what I think good recruiting coordinators will look for. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Did, uh, did Mizzou ever, recruit you at all they did uh they did a little bit out of high school and then they um i think i got a phone call from them out of junior college too um but (laughs) hey you're probably gonna get drafted uh really high so we're gonna make a courtesy call and just make sure we extend the offer i i made it pretty clear all the the colleges that were recruiting me out of junior college that i was i was over college baseball yeah um ones that stuck around were just um yeah you know sort of thing so you went to Arkansas and you mentioned the hip thing. What was, what happened with that? Was it just uh overuse or did you do something like in a game that jarred it or something? 
Yeah, so I have uh, what they call a cam and a pincher impingement. Um, so basically, like my hip socket is a little bit um, too small for it to rotate mm-hmm. properly. Um, and so I had uh, uh, torn a little bit of the, um, the labrum in that hip. Um, so okay. I had four anchors to put that back together and then uh, had the, the bone abnormality fixed, basically. But it's actually a super common thing. Um a lot of pitchers are now getting it yeah. because of the, the heavy hip um, work that they're doing. And then uh, I think it's like a third or a quarter of all hockey players have had that surgery because it's just a super common thing, um, actually in Caucasian people. And so, <laughs> and so it, 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 once you sort of hit the point where you're using your hips a lot, you will learn pretty quickly um, whether or not you have that, that issue. And, and fortunately for me, it's just been my right hip. Um, so that's been, that's been a good thing. I got you. So is it like in short people like me get it too, or? I think it's a, it's an all height thing. I don't just, think it's just six, eight people, I guess. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. Jeez, man. That's ridiculous. I was like five, eight and six or seventh grade. And I stayed that same height since then. Just, <laughs> tough, it's a tough look. <laughs> Oh man. Okay. So you're out of Arkansas, you get hurt, you decide to go to Sand Jack. What was like a, that's obviously a difference between going, you know, major division one ball to a junior college, but it is Sand Jack. So mm-hmm. like, there's that, there's that attached to it. Explain that transition. Like, I mean, down to how was the field compared to Arkansas, you know, just facilities even. The uh, physical stuff, the facilities, the field is obviously uh, not the same. Um, yeah. You know, we have two things, the bleachers at San Jack. We have 15,000 fans at Arkansas. Um, so there's definitely a difference in the facilities. We didn't even have a weight room at San Jack, actually. So I would drive to uh, the 24-hour fitness down the road um, to do my lifting. But with that being said, I think the freedom in that um, was a huge part of my success because I could do what I needed to do and not have to worry about combating, you know, a, a trainer who says, oh, you need to do this for your shoulder or a strength coach that says, oh, we're just going to go squat some more. We're going to do some more bench. Um, and so I think being able to be in control of my own uh, workouts was uh, part of just what what helped me have such a, a good year and a good progression and, and get better um, throughout yeah. that year. I'm going to stop you right there because that is one thing I wanted to say, like, not sucking up at all. I have no reason to, but like you, like you very clearly took the working out stuff serious from the start. Like, like I remember that sophomore season, like we would be at the hotel and you would be working out after the games at night or before, before throwing, you'd be doing all your exercises, you know, and everybody did a little bit, but you were taking it serious. And then after you were throwing, you're doing your running and your arm exercises and stuff. And then the games that you weren't pitching, you were doing your arm exercises and the bullpen. And like, you, I could tell you had the drive in you for, for baseball. And like, you could tell that, okay, this guy's got skill already as a sophomore. And, and even then it's still early, but he's also got drive too. So like, you could see like the, the dominoes being stacked sort of, um, I could anyways. And my cousin, I had actually one of my cousin, he played ball at KU. Um, and he came to one of our games when you were pitching at K state 
And he played like after that, he played in the minors too and played in all over the world basically. But he was like, that dude, is he signed to someone already? And you were a sophomore at this point. And I was like, I think he's actually committed to K-State right now. And he's like, yeah, he's good. He's good. And he's going to be really good. So I don't know what it was, but even my cousin, you know, seeing you one time, obviously he's been around baseball a lot. So that's probably why he was able to make a better judgment, but you know, there was something special brewing. So that's, that's pretty sick that, you know, you're, you are where you are and stuff, but out of, so San Jack, I don't even know how that works. Whenever you're, you have to, I'm assuming apply to be put in the draft or eligible. No, you don't have to declare anything. Okay. You basically get drafted. <laughs> oh, okay. So are they talking to you and stuff? Like are scouts talking to you and Yeah, yeah. Um had a lot of meetings with all these different teams. Had a couple workouts uh with a couple teams also. Um so you kinda at at the end of it you kinda know who's interested in uh in that whole thing. Um but yeah, there's no declaring or anything. You just kinda can verbally kind of say like a lot of high school guys will say like, no, my parents want me to go to college first. Um, that happens a lot, but um, you know, at the, at the point in junior college, it was kind of like um, I'm ready to go, but if not, then I will go play another year in Kentucky and, and right. kind of prove myself where I was committed to go after uh, St. Jack, but in reality I had no intentions um, to go to Kentucky Um because I, I again like I was I was pretty over uh, college baseball at that point, kind of burnt out from the uh, <laughs> the college baseball life. Fair enough, man. Fair enough. I get that. I played one year and that was it for me. I was like, dude, I'm too too white, too small, too slow. I throw the ball decently hard. I can hit pretty good, but I don't think I'm going anywhere with this, you know. So I was like, well, I'll just focus more on school you know? Mm. And so that's, that's just a different path I took, but okay. So you are drafted 17th overall, correct? In 2019. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's sick to the nationals. What was your, what was your thoughts? How was draft day? What does that look like for you? <laughs> so me and my family were actually in the studio during the draft. Um, me and uh, three other guys were there. Um, and so that was, that was a pretty cool experience just with all the big leaguers that are around. I mean, I met like Randy Johnson. Um, so that was, that's pretty cool. Had, had uh, dinner with Nick Swisher and heard all the crazy stories that guy has. Um, so it was a really cool experience just um, from that aspect. But yeah, definitely. I mean, hearing my name called, it was, uh, you know, the, the longest 16 picks I've ever had to sit through. Oh, <laughs> kind of waiting on like, how it's going to be like, I was sweating for sure. But um, yeah, I mean, just, yeah, just to be able to like kind of hug my family there, um, you know they've done so much uh, up to that point and continuing to do that um, in order to support me. Uh, so just incredible to have that that feeling for sure. For sure, man. For sure. So did you have an idea then? I'm assuming that you were going to go within sort of a range of picks. Yeah, yeah, somewhere in in the teens was was my guess, and so um, that's just kind of how it worked out. Gosh, that's got to be sick feeling, man. <laughs> it's like finally yeah. coming true, you know, like stuff's like starting to right. pan out it, for it, you. Almost like, 
um, just just reaching a checkpoint a little bit um, because you know you have to get to that point in order to get to the point mm-hmm. that I really want. To. Um, so getting to that stage, it was like, all right, I made it here. Now I get to look forward into the next climb I have to do, the next um, work I have to do in order to get where I really want to go. Right. No, that's sick, man. That's sick. So what uh, what's like something – Okay, so when when you're in college, is the coaching is are are coaches like pitching coaches? Do they teach different stuff than the major league coaches teach, or is it is it all like is there like a general theme or a general idea amongst those higher up sort of level coaches? Um, I guess in terms of like we want you to work more location, we want you to get to a certain velocity. That's the most important thing, and also I'm sure it's dependent upon what your individual characteristics are, but what's like what's like a theme that they they preach or like just a consistent idea that's thrown out there wherever you're at yeah i mean i'll start with saying i've i've probably had 30 to 40 pitching coaches in my career so far and i'm 23 years old that's Um, crazy man so if, if there's any young pitchers out there listening to this just know that you need to be your own best pitching coach um because you are going to have people telling you all sorts of things. And some of them may be really great. But some of them may be terrible. Uh, but you need to be able to like take in those things, process them, think about it, think about how it applies to you and then figure out what you want to keep and what you want to disregard. Um, and so there's definitely been times where I will hear something that is, you know, not really going to apply to me that I disagree with. Um, and I, I can be able to say, yeah, okay. And then continue doing what I'm doing. Um, but there's definitely, you know, I, I'd say that the key theme for me is especially is, um, being consistent, um, and being under control. Uh, obviously I'm a big dude. I got long limbs. Um, and a lot of times I will, uh, try to do too much. Um, I have in the past at least. And and so that's really been the thing that I'd say a, a good chunk of my pitching coaches have really instilled in me was to, um, just be consistent. So I think that's the difference between a double A guy and a big leaguer is the double A guy has the same skill set as a big leaguer, can do the same stuff on their best day, but on their worst day, there's a huge difference. Right. And the big league can still be okay and the double A guy is gonna suck. And so that's the adjustment um, you know, I'm really working to to make um going into this year. Yeah. That's right. I, I mean I that makes total sense, you know, like if you're in the big leagues, you can't really I mean, if you're established, you can maybe get away with a couple bad days, obviously, but um, that's, that's interesting though. So when you were younger, um, did you try to like, did you try to emphasize gaining velocity first and then kind of learning how to tame it down? Or were you, were you more of like a velocity came naturally? So I'm going to let my body just grow into it, but I'm going to work on locating the whole time. What was like, what was your style of training, I guess. I'd say my main focus when I was younger talking, you know, middle school, freshman year of high school was developing my body and making sure I stay healthy. Um, you know, I think at the point where I was, you know, six foot in, uh, freshman year, of high school, six, one, six, two, whatever it was. Um, it was kind of like the develop, the development will come as far as velocity and as far as, you know, learning my body. Um, so it's about, well, learning my body 
by doing stuff in the weight room um, and then continuing to develop good patterns to, to start. And so that I'm not going to hurt myself. Getting my arm on time um, was a big one in my early high school years, which is making sure everything was on time. Um, being in a, you know, still growing um, six, two, six, three or six, four junior high school or uh, sophomore year high school. Um, just making sure everything was going to be fine for when I'm fully grown. Yeah. Did you watch a lot of like YouTube videos and stuff on pitching stuff or? <laughs> not really. Um, <laughs> I lucky to go to a place called P3 um, yeah. where they have, uh, you know, really, I think some of the, some of the best training in the country as far as uh, pitcher specific stuff. And, you know, I started going there when I was, I think maybe eighth grade. Um, and so I started young learning stuff, uh, just being around that sort of environment, um, talking to guys, picking their brain um, and just kind of getting in the environment where I'm aware of things and, and taking mental notes all the time um was, was definitely hugely important yeah so for people who don't know p3 is it's kind of like i i don't know exactly how it works i guess i could just leave that question to you but it's essentially like a sh arm strength training slash pitching uh lessons company yeah it's it's um basically i i kind of think of it as it's like uh, a, a Cressy or a drive line in St. Louis, um, where they're training the whole body They're training, um, you know, in the weight room and also on the throwing side of things. Uh, obviously they do things different. Everybody, Cressy does different things from drive line and drive line does different things from tread and tread does different things from P3. They all have their so uh, different sort of ideologies. Um, but I think, uh, you know, the connection that P3 has from, the weight room side to the throwing side is uh, what sets it apart, in my opinion, um, because it's it's really a uh, sort of full body um, working towards the goal of not just getting stronger, but getting stronger in ways that we can use to throw the baseball better. Yeah. Um, so definitely one of the better parts of that. Yeah, I remember like. I kind of took, I, I got injured. I hurt my back in high school. Um, but I took, you know, a period of time off and then I just started like just going out and literally just throwing it, the ball as hard as I could to my dad, just as, you know, as much as my arm could kind of tolerate. And I would do that two, three or three to four times a week. And it's crazy if you just get consistency into your routine. And if you establish like a habit, like where we did that, we did that three mm -hmm. to four weeks in a row. And I was at the point where, you know, I'd been sitting out for a while. So obviously you're going to gain progress a little faster naturally at the start, right. but I gained like five miles an hour in a month of just going out and throwing and like focusing on working out and working out, you know, even just whenever you're throwing, just working or learning how to really utilize your hips, your lower body, uh, your feet, even, you know, just pushing off of just, just trying to maximize every, every piece of it right. and especially when you're five eight five nine like i was like i got up to about i got up to 87 on the mound one time and then i was pretty consistent 85 86 across the infield but that's like probably maxing it out for me with with what i had on my frame in senior year of high school but um yeah it's not i mean i think the best way to train is not by doing lessons um and going to see a guy once a week and doing nothing in between that is going to limit you so much, um, even as like a middle school 
kid. Um, so I think you don't really get better during the time of instruction. You get better during the time in between when you're working on those things. And yeah. so being in a, you're, you know, this off season, I'm, I'm going in six days a week because um, I'm working on things six days a week. It's not just I show up, you know, every other day or once a week or whatever it is. And they're like, all right, I'm going to work on this this week because I, it, it, it's an everyday thing um, to be consistent and to really get the most out of yourself. Yeah. All right. Let's, let's, uh, I'll calm the questioning down for a little bit, but who's the, who's the coolest dude you've met so far? The coolest guy I've met? Yeah, like as far yeah. as someone Well, or know? just like the, well, yeah, the one that everybody would sort of know, I guess, is that's kind of the one caveat, but um, you can also shout out your friend as well, but I guess just who's somebody that you, you know, you met and you're like, holy crap, like this is whoever. <laughs> um, I, I, before he was traded, I had a few conversations with Max Scherzer um, and, you know, from St. Louis, like that's a guy who as a kid, I was like, I want to be like him. Um, and to have him kind of just go up and talk to you like a normal person um, was weird the first time. Um, and so he, he's just as intense in person as he is on the mound, um, which was pretty funny. Um, but genuinely really was like trying to help me, um, like trying to give me advice, trying to, um, kind of further my abilities and, and, and mechanics and whatever it was, but, um, yeah, really intense, but super genuine guy. Um, so that was, that was pretty cool to meet him. Dude, he's, I mean... He's insane. And that's sick too, that you have the St. Louis connection. Cause then it just makes things, I don't know. It just puts like an invisible bond sort of, it puts you just a little bit closer to him than everybody else. Yeah. But that's, that's sick. Did, I mean, what's one thing, did he ever say anything to you, to you that like stuck out in your head and it was like, wow, that's like really, really smart. Or like, I didn't think about it that way. He actually talked to me a little bit about hiding the baseball. Um, and, I still think about it because uh, at the beginning of last year, I did a pretty bad job of hiding the baseball. And so now I, I can look back and think he was right. Like I should have, <laughs> I should have made the adjustment immediately um, because things got a lot easier once I started hiding the baseball. Um, because that's, I mean, all of the, the super subtle competitive stuff um, is, is what he dominates all the time. Um, and so even stuff like hiding the baseball, uh, something you don't really think about in a training environment, but you need to because it's gonna it's gonna play a role um, in high level baseball. It's not gonna play a role in high school. It might not play a role in junior college, but it absolutely will when people's careers are on the line. You know, that's what kind of sets those types of players apart too. Is that they they have the whole package. They have they've over they've probably obsessively overthought every little detail down to hiding the ball, you know, like what, like the optimal position of hiding the ball is to still maximize whatever pitch, you know? Um, but so what I'm going to sort of just veer off here and just talk more about your own style of pitching when you kind of step onto the mound, um, and you create a game plan prior to what you're going to do. Is that, is that kind of more dependent upon who you're playing do you base it off of that or do you just kind of create your own game plan for yourself and not think so much about all the other, you know, the individual players on the other team and stuff? Yeah, uh, I definitely create plans. Um, 
the day before or even the week before we play, you know, week long series now. Um, so if I pitch it on Saturday, then I can kind of take that those first four days. We have Mondays off. Um, so those first four days to uh, kind of formulate a game plan. Um, and it's not necessarily about like, oh, I need to throw a change up on the outside corner and a one one count to this guy because that's that's just not going to be consistent enough. So for me, it's about knowing my strengths, um, what I do really well. And then figuring out where my misses can be and where my misses can't be. Uh, so, for instance, if I'm you know facing a power lefty, I know that I probably can't miss down and into him, um, and I can probably miss up and into him, and I can go you know off to on or whatever it is. But I need to know that if I'm going to throw a slider in this situation, I know where, need to know where my miss is, whether it's below the zone, whether it's off, or whether it's um, you know arm side. And so it's almost, it's almost sort of like golf. It's like you're, you're going up to a green and you know, you have a little bit of backstop. You can miss deep, but you don't want to miss right or whatever it is. And so, um, kind of just adjusting your game plan towards that, not necessarily figuring out what their huge hole is because most people don't have a huge hole. Some of them do. Um, and most of them don't make past the A ball level, um, that have a huge hole. Um, and guys are really good at adjusting it at the highest level in, in the big leagues. Um, that's what they do really well is hitters adjust pitch to pitch. Um, and so knowing their tendencies and knowing again, just where, where can I miss? And, and it's not going to, um, hurt me. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. It's like you said, I mean, my, my family's huge into golf. I didn't know. I don't know if you know this. My brother played at Missouri state. And so we've like, we've, I played golf growing up and everything and my dad always he's who taught us and he always you know talks about how the guys like tiger woods they don't they don't miss like and if they miss their miss is really good like you were saying it's just you have all, a good it's consistency right yeah yeah um i'm throwing a cutter now like i know that i want to hit this certain corner but if i don't then i need to get it off the plate in you know um yeah. and so it's you're going for the pin, but if you're not going to hit the pin, then you need to miss to the left because you got water right or whatever it is. Yeah, for sure. That's cool how just, I mean, it's like a universal law of sports, you know. That's just one of those things. It's kind of interesting. Golf is reflective of life for sure. It is. That's for sure. That's for sure. Most days are kind of shitty, but the good ones are good, man. <laughs> the good ones are good. <laughs> what do you, so you have, you have two seam cutter change up? Yeah, I go a two four on the fastballs, um, and then I added the cutter this off season. Uh, then a big slider and a changeup. Um, so nice. What's uh What's your velocities and looking like these days? Um, it's been mid nineties this off season, like ninety four to ninety six. Um, anticipating that we'll jump a couple once I get uh you know some real game adrenaline going and get out on a real mound and everything. So. Is that, um, is that like a cruising speed basically? Is that what you're kind of going off of or I don't want to say yeah. cruising speed, but like you're not going to go full tilt if you're trying to last seven plus innings, you know? Right. Yeah. That was definitely something that um, last year I kind of learned how to do was get deep into games. Uh, I had a, I had a run where I had, you know, a couple seven inning starts and a couple eight inning starts uh, late into the season. And so that's not something that is easy on your body. But knowing how to manage it throughout the game um, is definitely a learned skill because you can't throw 100% every pitch. You have to be able to use different pitches when you're fatigued, especially with the pitch clock now. 
um, you have a, a quick couple hits and now you're gassed. You just had to cover first or whatever it is. And now you have to be able to manage the clock, manage uh, your breathing, whether you're out of breath and manage your focus um, and just to be able to, to make pitches and not necessarily have that max intent. Yeah. That makes sense for sure. How, how do you, uh, I remember I was watching, maybe it was it last, last, uh, spring games. Did you get, did you get on the mound a little bit? Cause I was watching you in a nationals uniform at one point on the TV. I in the last, y. last year I had a, a shoulder issue during spring training, so I didn't get any games last year, but the year before I did the year before. Okay. Dang time flies. Cause I was at the YMCA and I was like, I knew your game was on, but I was surprised they actually had it on. I saw you pitching, and it just so happened to be the time where you're, I don't remember how many pitches you threw that guy. It had to be like 17 or 18. <laughs> like It's just foul ball, foul ball, foul ball. <laughs> that, yeah, I, that for sure. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. That's funny. Who's uh? Have you faced any sort of big-name batters or – Um. Obviously, yeah, I mean, you're going to face really good batters. I'm not. I'm not. I don't mean it like that. But you know what I'm saying. I didn't. I didn't know who's maybe somebody that stuck out to you a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I've definitely faced uh, obviously the big leaguers you saw in that game. Um, but uh, I mean, the minor league, there's definitely some dudes. Uh, I think a couple of that stuck out to me is well, both of them are Orioles. Would be Heston Kirstad, who I actually played with at Arkansas. I felt really good to strike him out his second at bat, <laughs> but um, definitely a, a tough out. Uh, and he was a tough out for us the rest of the series. Um, and then Jackson Holiday, uh, I faced him and unfortunately walked him twice, uh, which I was not very happy about. But um, also a, a very tough out, a lot of play discipline for a super young guy. Um, but yeah, those are two significant guys that that you know are going are to be big leaguers at some point if they continue what they're doing. Right. That's sick, man. That's awesome. So you work out every day. Do you work with the same pitching coaches every day or what's, how many do they have? We've got probably too many. Like, <laughs> we've got a lot. Obviously we have one for every level. We have a rehab guy. We have a big league pitching coach. We have a bullpen uh, pitching coach. Um, and then the coordinators, we have two pitching coordinators. So, However many that adds up to. Well, is, is I guess I guess I was meaning uh, with that work specific. Is there like a group that works specifically with just the 40-man roster people, guys? Yeah, well, the big league pitching coach is, is Jim Hickey, um, and he hasn't uh, been down yet for spring training. I think he's going to be here in a day or so. Um, but he will, uh, you know, be in charge of the big league staff. Um, so I haven't worked with him a ton yet because he was uh, hired last year. So um, he is a little bit new and I was hurt um, in spring training last year, like I mentioned. Um, so looking forward to, um, you know, kind of getting to know more this year. Um, it'll be something sure. to uh, learn. For sure. All right. I don't want to keep you too much longer, but um, what's, what's like sort of some of your goals for this year? What are you looking to do? Obviously you want to, we all know what the simple answer to that's going to be, but what's what's some of the minor details that you're working on or things you're looking forward to, situations you're going to be put in? What's what's your year look like for you? Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously the the goal, if you will, is to to be called up to the big leagues this year, but that's not something that I can 
specifically control. Um, I can't call myself up to the big leagues. I can't, you know, I, I learned last year I, w- I was in low A for the entire year and I, I couldn't call myself up to high A, um, which was something that was kind of uh, telling myself whether I need to control what I can. I need to do what I can. I need to put the pressure on the people who make these decisions in order to promote me or call me up or whatever it is. Um, so for me, it's, it's staying healthy, um, having an entire year of health, um, which in professional baseball, I haven't had yet. And it's been um, super frustrating, but I think the work that I did this off season is going to um, kind of allow me to do that. Uh, the other thing is to uh, be more consistently um, good mentally. Uh, the, the, the first half of the year, I was um, not the, not in the mindset that I was in the second half. Um, so the first half I was more trying um, to pitch well. And in the second half, I was just getting myself amped up and going and competing. And the second half, I you know had way, way, way better success. And so continuing with that sort of mindset and being able to continue that in spring training and even in you know backfield games or whatever it is, be able to learn how to get in and out, get in and out of that um, mental state is is definitely important for this year. And I think if I do those two things, then everything else will work itself out. Absolutely. And that's a great way to look at it. What you're talking about, uh, control the things you can control, you know, you can't pick up that phone and obviously you would if you could, but I, in high school and stuff, I focus over-focused on the things I couldn't really control, you know, and I did meet with like a sports psychiatrist. It's not a psychiatrist. I don't know, but like a sports therapist or like just somebody who could talk you through, um, a sports mindset type of stuff. And he works down, he goes to spring training. I can't remember who he used to work for specifically what organization, but he said the same stuff, you know, you can't affect college coaches looking at you and offering you on the spot. You can't affect how people in the stands think about you. The only thing you can do is put yourself in that moment and do the best that you can possibly do. And then, you know, depending on your practice, luck, work ethic, whatever skill, that's how the cards are going to fall out. If you just try to maximize everything that you possibly can and just focus on the task at hand, instead of the sort of consequences or reactions or results to whatever you are doing, you know, can't control that stuff. And I think every level that you go up, the stuff that you're in control of increases, um, you know, in, in high school and junior college is, limited number of things that you can do um, just resource wise in order to maximize what you're trying to do. Whereas, you know, in, in big league spring training right now, I have just about every resource I could ask for. We have a dietitian, we have a, a sports therapist, we have, um, you know, multiple strength coaches and trainers that are around. Um, so there's really no excuse for me not doing everything that I need to do. Um, and so just being in control of that and knowing that, you know, it'll help me a little bit if I go sit for 10 minutes in a cold tub after I pitch, um, no matter how much I don't want to do it, that it's going to help me. Um, so that's, I think that becomes an expectation at that point that you're doing everything that you can. Um, and I think if you're skipping out on the stuff that you can do, that's not, um, I think that's just going to limit what your, what, what your peak can be every, every time you do something, every time you skip something that could have made you better. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. And I I kind of ironically came to that conclusion more recently than you probably have. But it's like you, you got to think of it from a perspective of like 
everything that you, I mean, you, you said it perfectly, but everything you can't, everything you aren't doing is just like a missed opportunity to help yourself. Literally like mm-hmm. every, every day where you're like, oh, I don't want to go throw for 15, 20 minutes, or I don't want to go work out for an hour. I'm guilty of that, but that's like me making a conscious decision not to do something to help myself, you know? And right. I mean, it's just even something as silly as I printed out these little cards for like this podcast and I'm just, I've been trying to hand them out and stuff and I'm sitting there thinking, I'm like, damn, I really don't want to go hand any of these out. Like it's nervous. I don't want to go talk to people. And then I'm like, man, you're sitting here and your fear of talking to other people is preventing you from potentially getting more people to listen to your stuff. And it's limiting yourself. It's limiting yourself. And that's the thing is anybody can do this stuff. All you have to do is you make a good plan, make the best plan that you can, and then you just go do it. That's it. Yeah, absolutely. And there's there's no other excuses you can fall into if you just have a plan and then do it. Absolutely. I uh, I take full pride in my ability to just adapt. Like I may not make the best plan, but I can like, like I threw myself into law school, no study skills, but I was able to get through undergrad. And I was like, you're going to do this, man. Like you're going to figure this out. One way or yeah. another, you're paying twenty some thousand dollars a year. You're gonna figure this shit out. But every day you, <laughs> all right, I need to do this. I need to catch up on this school, and then you make that plan to do that, and you just do it. Yeah, that's that's if you continue to do that a bunch of a bunch of days at a time, and you're gonna have a law degree. <laughs> Nobody wants to do it, but if you just yeah, like you said, you just keep showing yeah. up. That what are sure. they gonna do? Throw you out the throw you out the door and say no, we're not taking your money. No, they're gonna let you through. Definitely. All right. Well, what's uh, what's one piece of advice that you give to um, yourself right now if you were in high school? And it, and it can be literally what you just said. It can be mindset stuff. But um, yeah, I would say, I mean, for me in high school, I was definitely a little bit worried more about what my fastball velocity was, how good my breaking ball was um, more than I was worried about dominating that guy in the box more. Cause, cause right now it's, it's literally, it's almost like a box boxing match. Every time you um, have an at bat against a guy, because it's, you know, this guy's fighting his, for his career. I'm fighting for my career. Um, and so kind of, I think kind of learning that earlier and learning how to dominate people with stuff like body language and stuff like stuff like Scherzer does um, where he, he beats people mentally before they even get in the box. I think that's something that I would have liked to learn earlier. Um, but, but happy that I, I know it now and, and continuing to work on it. Yeah, for sure, man. That's a good piece of advice. Just like putting more of a, more of a human aspect into it, but it's like, right. it's so easy in, in high school um, because everything was like numbers based, you know, every, every time, you hit 88, 90, like you start bumping up. It kind of is like mentally in your head and in school's heads. It's like, okay, this guy's now kind of getting closer to our level. Uh, He's like now a potential prospect. And then in your own head, you're like, well, this guy just got drafted and he was throwing this fast and his, you know, you just can, you naturally compare and you just think about the velocity stuff a lot more than the accuracy stuff and whatnot, but. Right. And not, not even necessarily like, um, saying that focused on velocity and focused on having good pitches is a bad thing because that's hugely important. You're not going to make right. the next level tough for the next level. 
but you worry about that four days out of the week, five days out of the week. And then on that sixth or fifth day, all you're worried about is winning a game. You're worried about getting that guy in the hitter, get, getting that hitter in the box out. You're worried about my check being written for my salary is more important than yours, and I'm going to prove it. Absolutely. Um, do you have any uh, anyone you want to shout out, shout out or any uh, social media you want to shout out? I'm not a huge social media guy. <laughs> <laughs> I have to to do my my uh, <laughs> sponsor oh. posts and all. That. Yeah, yeah, no joke. Um, well, guys, if you want to find him, I'm, there's videos on YouTube of Jackson throwing in stuff. Um, I have a feeling before long, and I have hope that you'll be on TV soon. Um, everything's everything's going to go good, man. I appreciate you doing this for sure. Yeah, no doubt. Thanks for having me. And go hand out those cards. <laughs>